0: And the cool thing about, you know, the power of community is once someone gets vulnerable then it's like a contagious, you know, once someone, once someone exudes an actual pure emotion, especially in a, in a positive or, or vulnerable way, um, it's contagious. And so by the time everybody at that very first dinner went around the dinner table, you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the room and, uh, Yeah, it's continued to work ever since.
1: Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds, and the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boyer, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Welcome, friends, to this episode of the podcast with Chris Shembra. This is a conversation around gratitude where Chris shares his very powerful story about how gratitude has impacted his life and how he's been able to serve others through his personal gratitude experiences. Chris is known as USA Today's Gratitude Guru, and he's the founder and chief question asker of the 747 Club with their signature 747 Gratitude Experiences. Chris's newest book, Gratitude Through Hard Times, The Art and Science of Positive Change, launches on June 21st. Stick around to the end of the podcast as Chris has a very special offer for our podcast listeners. This podcast is excellent for entrepreneurs, especially if, as Chris says, when you turn your passion into profit, you lose the passion sometimes. So if you're feeling that way as an entrepreneur, this podcast is for you. This is also a podcast for those that have struggled with having a traditional gratitude practice because Chris shares ways to express our gratitude in non-traditional gratitude practice ways. As he says himself, he shuns the gratitude journal practice. I disagree, but you'll have to listen into our conversation for that fun interaction between the two of us. It means so much to me when someone takes time to do a podcast review. And I want to thank Verdad da Floresta on Apple Podcasts for leaving a five-star review and a comment. Thank you for the most helpful and inspiring podcast. You and your guests are keeping me on the right track. Gratitude is seeming more tangible and real. I'm remembering to tune into it more often. My ask of you this week would be to take a moment right now. I'll wait for you to leave a review of the podcast on whatever app you're listening to. All set? Let's welcome Chris Shembra with his new book, Gratitude Through Hard Times, The Art and Science of Positive Change, which will launch on June 21st. Thank you for being such a wonderful guest, Chris, and I hope that you, the listeners, enjoy this time that Chris and I had together. Hello, friends. Welcome to the wake up with gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boye. And today I
0: am (laughs) (laughs) What's your puppy's name?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So funny. Oh my gosh. Let's try that again. Since we're already recording
0: those have to buy that has to be a video clip to promote, promote this show. Totally.
1: No worries. I do video clips (laughs) with my daughter, who you might hear, but mouse dog is so funny. Okay. All right. So, hello, friends. Welcome to the Wake Up with Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer. And today I have the honor and pleasure of welcoming Chris Shembra to the podcast. Hello, my friend.
0: Hello, Julie. I'm just so excited. Uh, We started off this call on such a wonderful and vulnerable note and i'm excited to to bring that vulnerability to your audience today
1: oh thank you so much chris you know we were connected um through a friend who introduced me to you on linkedin and and i was like i don't know if you know i'm going to be able to talk to this chris guy he's known as usa today's gratitude guru And that already, I was like, wow, this guy is all about gratitude. He is the founder and chief question asker of the 747 Club, which I want to learn more about what 747 means, with their signature 747 gratitude experiences. And I'm sure Chris will share the signature question that sparks connection and an emotional response. We've already been sharing emotional responses before we even started Mm -hmm. the podcast today. He also is a podcast host of 747 Conversations, and his gratitude journey um, began with hosting Italian-inspired dinners at his home, which eventually led to his first book, Gratitude and Pasta. There's a whole story around that, of course, (laughs) but his next book, which I'm thrilled to be sharing with you today um, that I, you know, had a chance to preview it. And it's really the book that we need right now. And it's called gratitude through the hard times, the art and science of positive change. And that launches, um, in just a few weeks. So Mm. Chris, your story has a lot of parts to it and a lot of powerful sort of bits to it and moments in it that are really, um, critical to your gratitude practice and your gratitude journey before actually, before we get into your story, story I would just love to hear what 747 stands for and means. I I couldn't mm. quite catch that. So I would just love to, if you wouldn't mind sharing that little bit of your story before we kind of dive deep, that would be great.
0: Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> ironically it is the story. Um, <laughs> so 747 well, you know, here here's the interesting part. 747 is <clears throat> two things. It is the name of my company, mm-hmm. my brand, but it is also uh, <clears throat> the time of day uh, at which my entire life changed. Just like that. What happened was, to, to set the scene for your audience, I, I live in New York, live in New York City, just bought a home here in Williamsburg, Brooklyn having a good time watching the trees blossom for our first spring in this humble abode. Uh, very grateful to have this amazing, amazing home bought at the right time. Um, I've lived in New York city for about 10 and a half years. And when, when I moved to New York city to, to skip ahead, when I moved to New York city, I moved here with no job, no college degree, one suitcase living on my buddy's couch here in Brooklyn. I had $8,000 in my pocket. I had started a couple companies, hustled my ass off. I was a boat captain and a shrimper growing up. And I eventually made it to New York with a, with a broken resume. And I called it my dad. I said, all right, cool. That, that sounds good to me. I don't know how to be an actor, but it sounds good to me. You do you, kid here, you should talk to my friend, Tony. I said, all right, why Tony? He said, well, he was a big famous actor in the 70s and 80s. He's 74 years old now, so he's kind of retired. I think he'd take the time to talk with you. So one day in September of uh, 2011, when I was a month fresh to New York City, I went up to Tony Lobianco's house on the Upper West Side of New York City. And I brought this yellow, loose-leaf piece of paper to our first meeting. It was scribbled with all these questions of things I wanted to ask him about the business, show business. And when I got there, we didn't talk about acting at all. We just talked about life. I mean, the first thing he did was he gave me a rock and he said, why don't you ask some questions to this rock? How did it get here? What has it seen? How did it arrive to my living room, etc.? And we really loved hanging out together. He was 74. I was 24, it was 2011. And he said, what are you doing next week? What are you going to do for money? I said, I don't know. I'll figure it out. He said, why don't you come hang out? So we started hanging out. He kept paying me. Uh, And we hung out for about five years About 12 hours a day, six days a week Five straight years And we got involved in some pretty neat projects I never became an actor I stayed on the business side of show business And and we had a lot of fun along the way Mm. But what happened was I watched that man Tony Lobianco Emmy award-winning, Tony-nominated, star of the five Academy Award-winning French Connection. I watched him bring people into his home on the Upper West Side of New York City like a, like a king. This tough, street-fighting, Brooklyn mafia actor fella was bringing the most powerful people in the world into his home for a bowl of pasta is spicy puttanesca and i said holy crap if he could get these people titans of industry presidents royalty billionaires to come into his home and cry around his dinner table and hug him at the end of the night and get drunk and have some pasta i said wow That's pretty neat. So fast forward to July of 2015. I just gotten back to New York City after producing a Broadway play in Italy. And when I was in Italy, it was amazing. I was like, oh, my God, this is how you live. This is what life is all about. They walk different. They talk different. They honor history. They love and, and walk hand in hand through the ancient eternal city streets. And when I got back to New York, I said, shit, this ain't life. I was lonely and fulfilled, disconnected, insecure. Tony and I were starting to drift apart a little bit. I knew it was starting to become my time. So I said, how do I recreate the magic of Rome? What was it that made me come alive? Well, it's how they ate, specifically how we ate amongst community over there. Most specifically, it was pasta. So back home in here in New York City, I said, I got to do that. I got to make myself one of these pasta sauces like Tony has. And I got to start home hosting these Roman feasts. And we did just that. Invented a pasta sauce recipe. Figured we should feed it to people to see if it was good enough. And uh, decided to host a dinner party. July 15th, 2015. I invited 15 of my friends over to my buddy Trip Derek Barnes's house for dinner. 6.30 p.m. Sharp. Don't be late. Cocktails began. All you got to do, bring your own bottle of wine. I want a dinner served at 8 p.m. And I looked at the box of pasta and it said it takes 13 minutes to cook al dente so i put the pasta in the pot and delegated 11 specific tasks empowering the attendees to work together to create the meal to serve each other at 7:47 p.m. 13 minutes before we sat down for dinner so we sat down we had a good bowl of pasta and then i asked a simple question and that question would go on to change my life and that's where 747 comes from. Haven't stopped since. That's it.
1: That's it. Just yeah. you know, a little bit of pasta, famous actor, trip to Italy. All comes yeah. in to this one fun. dinner, 747, 13 minutes of pasta. We
0: um we, you know, at that very first dinner, we had these like plastic tables, we had the little bottles of wine. I mm. I bought one wedge of brie, one apple. And one sleeve of Cars crackers for 99 cents at, uh, at, uh, at um, the Upper West uh, Fairway Market. And we just had a bowl of pasta sauce. That's it. But by the time I asked our signature, what would become our signature gratitude question, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I mean, just you had these big, broad dudes That would just open up and cry their hearts out. I said, My God, this is good. And I looked at everybody and I said, You guys want to do this next week? I said, Sure. We're in. I said, Good. Bring a friend. And so from that very first dinner, we set a simple rule. This is when they were for free in my home, you know, so many years ago. But the first time you come, you come alone. Second Mm -hmm. time you come, you bring a friend. After that, you're eligible to nominate someone. And that's how quickly rapidly our network just grew into uh you know essentially what it is today i mean at those early dinners it only took 30 40 it only took probably the first 40 dinners to where uh, you know all of a sudden you'd have fortune 50 ceos and academy award winners and super bowl champions knocking on the door with their bottle of wine and dinner
1: like right
0: on something. So we haven't stopped.
1: But Chris, you left us hanging. Tell me or tell us, tell all of us who haven't read the book yet and haven't, you know, followed you yet. What is the signature gratitude question or that became your signature gratitude question?
0: Yeah. Um, great question. So um, at the very first dinner, in on July of 2015, I looked out at the table, and I wanted to ask them a question that essentially accomplished or, or hit uh, a couple different ca- uh, categories wasn't too easy, wasn't too hard, wasn't necessarily directly about them, but it gave them a platform to share a story about others. Mm-hmm. And so, on the spot, we concocted a very simple question: If you credit one person's life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, mm-hmm. or that you've never thought to thank, who would that be? Right? It wasn't. It wasn't. What are you grateful for? It's right. Too easy. Yeah. It wasn't. What's your biggest fear, failure, shame, or regret? It's a little too hard.
1: Yeah.
0: It wasn't directly talking about them was giving them a platform to share gratitude about others and do it in small group format. And the cool thing about, you know, the power of community is once someone gets vulnerable then it's like a contagious, you know, once someone, once someone exudes a, 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 an actual pure emotion, especially in a, in a positive or, or vulnerable way um, it's contagious. And so by the time everybody at that very first dinner went around the dinner table, you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the room and, uh, yeah, it's continued to work ever since.
1: So if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to who would that be? And I think there's an invitation in your book as well to explore this question before getting into the book. So I love that it really, like you said, not too simple, Allows people to share a story, and it's interesting because I paused for a moment and I was like, "Interesting," because as a person who practices gratitude, that is how I live, and I've been doing this now for over a decade. Yeah, it's been it's like eleven years since I really started practicing gratitude, like as a practice. And I've done a lot of this work, you know, sending sending cards and emails and texting people and letting them know how I appreciate them and. And I was like, trying to think in my life, you know, for me, who might not know that or who might not have heard that from me. And it's interesting because the first person who came to mind is my own mother uh, because we are estranged. So it's been a really difficult time for the past about three years now with my parents and we haven't spoken now for over a year. And that's healthy for me. That's the right decision but I was thinking about that. It's hard to separate, or I think, and I uh, uh, want something to think about is the, you know, can we separate a person's behavior in recent times and the way that you might have gratitude for them in the past and for the way that they impacted your life in the past, even if the relationship today isn't what you wanted it to be. And I, that was one of your questions that you ask in you know in the beginning of your book is like what's your relationship like today? So I like that thinking about how someone can have this credit, this influence in our life and even if today their relationship might not be a positive one.
0: So it sounds like you've had a positive relationship with your mother in the past?
1: Yes. In the past. In the past. <laughs> in the past. Not what's, for a while now.
0: What's one positive benefit that you learned or experienced from your mother in the past yes. that presents itself today in the present?
1: So my mom decided when my sister and I were very young, she decided to uh, quit her job and start a business from home which at that time was not common <laughs> at all. It was a really major <laughs> thing but she was you know she was commuting into a job, taking the train every day, as was my dad we were we had a nanny um so we she wasn't really there for her kids and so she made that decision to start her own like not knowing anything about being an entrepreneur and basically ran you know translation business from home while my sister and I were growing up. so she was there for us and so I look at the way that my life has unfolded, I have a daughter um, who is home with me. We do home education. Um, she was unable to go to school due to trauma many years ago, so she's home. But she's just not able to go to school. And so I look back. You know, my mom built that example. It was a little bit different. My sister and I went to school, but that—that that my mom had the courage to do that when she just she didn't have any examples, right? That really was not moms didn't do that in that day. So that's something that that I would look at with uh, gratitude.
0: What's your mom's name?
1: Her mom's, my mom is Louise. Louise. Yeah. Well,
0: cheers to Louise. Cheers to I'm, Louise. I'm glad there was a couple smiles in there.
1: Yeah. I think this is, it's so interesting. You know, Chris, you know, you share in your book, um, you know, your your own personal story about kind of hitting a rock bottom as a gratitude person, as a gratitude guru, you know, I mean, that's the name on your LinkedIn profile. Like it's a lot (laughs) to live up to. Right. And I think what I want to share with our audience is that people like you and I who show up with gratitude as a public face, we are human beings too. And we go through trauma Mm. and difficult times as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, for me, this, you know, part of going through what I went through with my parents is part of my own trauma, but you bravely share your story in your book. You had shared it, I believe on LinkedIn as well. Um, you know, part of your story. So how do we go from someone who is, you know, doing these amazing gratitude dinners, like with fortune 500 Academy award winners, all of these incredible things, you know, an amazing book that is like, just has this fantastic, um, you know, launch potential. And what happened next? Because this, mm. I believe is pretty critical in your own story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, in order to preface what I'm about to share with your audience, I will say, uh, Hitting rock bottom, uh, especially in the last five months, it's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Mm. So I will preface your audience by saying that. And I can I can summarize it uh, by two things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, when you turn your passion into a profit, you lose the passion sometimes when you turn your something that was a side hustle or something that was a, something passionate you did on the side into something that is filled with stress and expectations and anxieties and mouths to feed and brand reputation, all this shit. Then it's no longer something that's just fun. It's something that there's a lot of weight attached to. Um, and so, you know, the current day, um, you know, the current day, um, coaches and, and, you know, uh, uh mastermind thinkers out there, whoever those to go around saying, "Hey, quit your nine to five and pursue a life of passion, start your sign hustle, dude. I think it's complete bullshit. It really is because once you've done that, you've actually entrapped yourself probably more than you feel entrapped in like a miserable nine to five. I hate to put it that way. But like entrepreneurship, especially in like a heart-based business around something that you're passionate about is misery. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, I'm, I'm not a martyr, right? I, I do love what I do more often than not, but fuck, it'll trigger something that you've never seen before. So, Hey, uh, that is bound to happen to anybody. That starts any kind of heart-based business. Look, like the the running gag joke is, you know, comedians are the most miserable people on earth. The happiness gurus are full of crap. We're all, you know, it's like whatever work we go teach to the world, it's actually what we need the most.
1: Yes, that right there. Right, I, you're yes, absolutely. And I just, I'm going to pause for just a second your story to say that this culture of everyone promising like, you know, 10, your first $10,000 month. And just all you have to do is this, this, and this it's like, are you have you really done entrepreneurship? I think what I'm tired yeah. of a little bit in the entrepreneurship world is the coaches coaching the coaches.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just like oh tired my of that god. myself.
1: I'm like get They're- in the trenches, do the work to build an actual coaching <clears throat> business instead of telling me how mm-hmm. to build a coaching business when you <clears throat> don't have one. So I just wanted to interject for one sec because I think what you're it's- saying is it's like niggling at us, right? And no one's really mm-hmm. talking about it. So
0: I got some. Yeah. I got some email. I got some email. Uh, anyways, I could go on that for yeah, the only the,
1: another time. <laughs>
0: what I will say, the best example of a really good coach who also built a really good coaching business and all he does is helps other coaches make more money is my buddy Xander Fryer. Okay. His group is called High Impact Coaching. I've seen his home. I've seen his bank account. I've seen his wife. I've seen all the right things. Yeah, he's. Done. He's done it, right and all he does is he built a coaching business that helps other coaches grow their coaching business. But he's actually done it, um, so he's not full of shit. Anyways, he's great. High impact. we we'll
1: link coaching. to him. Sounds yes. good.
0: So yeah, so that's the first part. So you know, we're bound to have these like you know miserable existences <laughs> from the start. It's just as a practitioner, you can either choose to be honest about that or not honest about that. Um, Especially, I think a lot of practitioners in today's like self-help industry feel like they can't be vulnerable because they have to be that pillar of happiness and guru-y and meditation. And yeah, I found the solution and therefore my life is perfect. And therefore you should buy this from me. It's like, no, found a solution. It overwhelmed me. Don't buy from me. You should buy from someone else. And that vulnerability makes them want to buy more from you.
1: We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude, love letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude, love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness. And of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of Wake Up With Gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast.
0: The second part to answer this thing about how the f- did you hit rock bottom dude the second answer is because that's actually the crux of gratitude and it's not a new crux um back in the year 63 a.d this ancient ancient dude named lucius annius seneca boom also known as seneca the elder this old ancient stoic he wrote a book called On Benefits, it's right there in in white. And the fifth and seventh line of the book essentially says the greatest plague in today's society is that we neither know how to give nor receive a benefit. And that of all the vices in common in today's society, nothing is more common than ingratitude. And he literally goes out to say, that all the tyrants and thievery and adultery and bad behavior is caused by a lack of gratitude. So gratitude is really, a, you know, a, uh, there's a shadow side of it, and that's ingratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when you lack gratitude, and you're you're in Gratitude, that's like the worst thing you could be in the world. I mean, literally, in the Indian language of Pali, they literally have a name for uh, sorry, in the in, in the Indian language of Tamil, there's literally a word that says Nandri Katanai. That means gratitude lacking dog. It's the worst thing you could be on the face of the planet. So if you're not careful, yeah, even if you have a gratitude practice. You could switch and become an ungrateful dude or dudette very quick. And that's what happened to me. Somewhere along the way, over the course of the last six years since July 15, 2015, we built a great company. We got to meet some really neat people. We got to receive great accolades and peer recognition. And I got to watch tens of thousands of people cry around the principles that we had invented. You would think I had the most perfect life possible on the outside. Mm -hmm. And then on Thursday, December 30th, 2021, it all came crumbling down. Woke up that day and on the outside had all the right things coming in, but on the inside it felt like a complete fraud. And it came to a head point that night, uh, went out to a restaurant to celebrate with my girlfriend uh met some folks out at the bar had a good time drank a little bit too much tequila came back to the house got in a little argument whipped out a kitchen knife and shazam went right across the arm right where you're not supposed to go now thank god and i don't is this a video podcast video yeah yeah so so thank god the deepest part of what remains was here It went all the way around across this great vein. Um, So luckily the deepest part of it, the Mm -hmm. the thick, deep depth cut uh, did not hit the vein. Um, I didn't want to kill myself. That would be suicidal ideation. This is called non-suicidal self-injury. Cutters, burners, uh, punchers, you know, whatever it is, I've been one of those all my life, but this was definitely the scariest. And what it all chalks up to was in life, you either choose to see the, the world around you from a positive lens or a negative lens. That's it. The truth in life is bad shit's going to happen. You either let that bad shit bring you down or you let that bad shit lift you up. Same happens with good stuff. Either good stuff brings you down and makes you feel guilty or shameful or fraudful or whatever, or the good stuff can bring you up. And that and its simplest format is the difference between gratitude and ingratitude. And I got caught with my pants down and almost didn't make it out. That's it. That's it.
1: Because you're a human being.
0: I'm a human being.
1: Yeah, having this human experience. Mm-hmm. Which it's it's so easy for us, me, the audience, to see Chris Shambra, this USA Today's gratitude guru, author, successful business person, all of these things, a leader in gratitude. And just think that you, your life must be better than mine, right? We have to compare to ourselves. And in reality, the the comparison is not, there's nothing to it. There's no reality to it because nobody except for Chris knows what is, how you're receiving the world at that point in time, how you're looking at the world, how you're taking in the experiences that are happening and how that's affecting you and your self-esteem and your self-worth and all of these things that so many of us are battling all the time. And Chris, it takes a tremendous amount of strength to be public about something like that about mm-hmm. self-injury intentional. Um, mm-hmm. I apologize. I'm not using the proper names. No,
0: it's all good. It's um, all good. I've used every name in the book to describe it.
1: It. And it's just like you said, it's like now this moment of you with your vulnerability at its core, first of all, makes it relatable to more people that have maybe had those thoughts or have experienced that or like, didn't even know that that's what they might not even know that that's what they're doing in their own life, right? Mm -hmm. Might not be where there's like a name for it, but it brings you back to being a human being and having a human experience. So one thing though, that I'm really curious to... Try to understand, Chris, is we are only five months from this experience, but you have a book launching in a few weeks <laughs> so how and it says very clearly at the beginning of the book that you wrote this book from a good place, mm-hmm. so I feel like that's a lot of time compression, so do you mind sharing with us a little bit of the process of how the book got going? Mm.
0: So well, soon after. So, well, so the book uh I've been writing the book since um, February of 2021. Okay. So what happened was, um, our first book gratitude and pasta, the secret sauce for human connection came out on April 7th, 2020. Um, you know, we had the whole book tour and all the corporate events and all the great stuff. And the book was, the book was about how to host an in-person dinner kind of rendered obsolete in the middle of a pandemic. So I said, all right, um, now what are we going to do? And what ended up happening was we, we put out in, in early 2020, I'm talking about like weeks into 2020 or weeks into the pandemic, we put out a beacon. Okay. So um, when the, when the pandemic hit and all our in-person business, just, you know, shut down, just, just shut down. Um in 7 days into the shutdown um i said holy moly um people still need this type of connection people mm-hmm. still need to cry people are still going through these hard times uh how do we actually be there for them now still and the answer was what we're doing here, Zoom. So we just started inviting people together every night at the beginning of the pandemic. And for like, it was like 50 or 60 straight nights at the beginning of the pandemic, you'd have a hundred people show up to our Zoom room and we make them all cry. We talk about good, neat stuff when they need it at most. Yeah. And so- Uh, then the company started calling again and they said, hey, we should do this for our teams now. And so then we had a business again. But along the way, literally weeks into the pandemic, we put out a beacon on Indeed.com. And the beacon said, hello, everybody. My name's Chris. My life just went to shit, but we're figuring out a way out of it. I'd imagine you, either college Undergrad or college, recent grad have had your summer or year plans <coughs> just completely messed up. Yeah. We're looking for interns. Can't pay anything yet. We just had our entire business shat on, but we're making an impact. We'd like to have you join the team. And so these young kids would, would come out of the woodworks and they joined and we started doing things together. And one of the people that we hired in the moment was. Uh, Madeline who would become uh, a full-time staff eventually but um, our research coordinator and what she started doing at the beginning of 2020 was feeding us the science and the psychology and the ancient philosophy that backed up everything we had been doing intuitively for the previous five years and I said, holy crap, there's actually a a lot of stuff that really backs up everything we do. We got to write about it. And that's when we started writing our second book, uh, February of 2021, less than a year after our first book book came out. Mm. And it was a struggle. Um, There were four of us on that writing team. Um, I was just the bozo with the ideas and the loud mouth and, uh, Madeline and Brian and Sarah, you know, they have the brains and all the organized stuff and whatever, but it, it was really, you know, I couldn't figure out where we were going. It was kind of a book that was lost in the middle of the wilderness. And then all of a sudden, boom, December 30th, 2021. Now I had my introduction. You
1: read it. I did. Yeah.
0: It gave us purpose.
1: Yeah.
0: It gave us the ability to say to people, look, you could have everything in the world. You could even be a gratitude guru. And look, my life almost went down the drain. That's why you need to read the shit that's in this book. Yeah. And that's it. So it was the great, you know, we, the book, uh, that's, uh, well, our, our, for better or for worse, what I always do is I pick a publication date and work backwards. Yep, that makes sense. So the fact that come January of 2022, we didn't even have an introduction, um, we hired another writing team, uh, Ariel from BW Missions, and we really you know moved the book around a lot. Um, and the pressure of having such a short window mm-hmm. to publication, I think, helped. Um, and the team really stepped up. We we've got 22 people on our, on our, on our, uh, on our book team. Wow. Um, not, not, not all internal staff, uh, many, many different, you know, groups and, and, uh, marketers and editors and writers and thisers and matters. And so the team really, uh, once we had this new vision, this new direction, the team really stepped up and just so honored to to be a part of that.
1: What is the official launch date for your book?
0: June twenty first.
1: Okay, June twenty first. So, um, the book again is "Gratitude Through Hard Times: The Art and Science of Positive Change." Yeah, Shembra, USA Today's gratitude guru. Ooh.
0: Ooh. And, okay. and you know, yeah. I mean, any anybody who's um, anybody who's listening or, or watching, um, e- email me. Email me. And say you're on Julie's show and say, you'd, you'd like a copy of our book and we will mail you one for free. That is very my goal. Think- my goal is, you know, I, you know, my words scale a lot better than my time. Right. Right. And my goal with this book is to give away at least three thousand copies in the next three years. Give away. Oh, we'll sell a lot more, but those are those are just for the corporate. You know, I I always joke and say I got a pretty boring job. I go into these big boring B two B companies and we do these boring experiences. and you No, know, the fun stuff is when I get to meet people like you out there. The the fun stuff is when you reach out and give me your address. And give me your email address and our team will literally mail you our book for free. All I ask in return is that you think about one person. If you agree with what's in our book, at least, you think of one person that we can send that book out to next to make their day. That's how this works. I am trying to lose friends by how much I'm going to bully people into giving my book away for free <laughs> I I can't wait I can't wait to see uh. I can't wait to see the text saying shut the fu- fudge up Chris shut the heck up okay I can't think of anybody that you can give this book away for free to so stop mm. we're not friends anymore stop <laughs> well I'll definitely lose friends when I badger them for Amazon reviews. Okay. If I ship you a book for free, I hope you go on Amazon and leave me a review. You don't need to buy anything. No. I don't need your money. I want your review. Yeah, I
1: agree. <laughs> I agree. And it, no, listen, you know, the thing, the, the truth behind most books is that most people get a book and they don't read it. So I think yeah. if I were to like, ask our audience who you very generously have gifted a book to, if they send an email, which we will put your email address in the show notes. Totally. Very easy to access. But, you know, what I would invite our audience to do is to actually read said Mm, book, uh you know, and even maybe just the introduction, but it is, there is a truth to that. Many people buy books and they never get read. I definitely have books in my collection that I have not read. Um, However, I, I, at least at the very least, open a book and start to read it. And I've already, I'm already into your book. So there's no going back now. Um, so fantastic. So that's what I would invite our audience to do. If you are going to email and get a copy of the book, at least read the introduction. Mm, if it speaks mm-hmm. to you, continue it. And if I agree that sharing an Amazon review for a book, and there are also, there are other places too, we can share reviews. Sometimes Amazon, if you haven't purchased a book, won't verify your review, so you can also share a review on Goodreads. Yes. So it's another great place to share a review of a book um, that doesn't necessarily tie you back to a purchase. So your your um, your review can be shared there as well.
0: Yeah, or you can hack that because we're going to make we'll the, ebook, okay. the ebook the uh, ebook free well, or ninety nine cents or whatever. So might there as well go. just click on the buy the free ebook. Yeah, and then. You'll write the, the review book. if you want. Oh yeah. Awesome. We're, we're um, we've got a campaign going out. Um, we, we, uh, we've got a campaign starting our ebook campaign starts, uh, June 19th. Okay. Two, two days prior. Um, and, uh, Tyler, Tyler Wagner, uh, from authors unite is running the campaign and he typically get, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a big campaign, but he, he estimates that we'll sell probably, uh, eight to 10,000 eBooks in that first kind of week at, yeah. at free to 99 cents. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's the goal, you know, we, we make our money from corporate, you know, we, we, we like our checks to come from Google or Microsoft or IBM or Dell, not, you know, the folks of, uh, of America. So we'll ship you the book and, uh, Yeah, if it has an impact, each 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 um, each subsection ends with um, two two reflection questions and then an action prompt, and they were designed by a member of our team, Court Roberts, who's a wonderful wonderful experienced designer and a great question asker, and she went out, she she spent you know a good amount of time really building out these sections. So there's hundreds of questions in this book that uh, I hope you answer at least one of them. That'd be my goal.
1: Thank you, Chris. I'm excited for it. Okay. As we wrap things up, Chris, I have one question for you, for you to answer for your own personal gratitude practice. Mm. Is there one action or one way of being that you would say is kind of a cornerstone <clears throat> of the way you practice gratitude?
0: Totally. Okay. Non-structured. Oh. I know that sounds weird to say, Tell huh? Me
1: more. Yeah. Tell me more.
0: Um, most people I'm on a war. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it too. I'm on a war against the gratitude journal. I'm on a war. Oh yes.
1: I remember. I'm on a
0: war (laughs) of like the gratitude practice. I'm on a war of like, whatever. Yeah. I am. I am a bigger fan that when you authentically feel some sort of thing in your soul, that someone else caused thank them for it tell them how it makes you feel anytime that we put uh, structure and systems and all these kind of things takes the joy out of it it makes it too predictable Um, and then it has a negative effect Uh, uh, luminaries like oprah or whatever are famous for promoting a gratitude Mm -hmm. journal and then falling off the bandwagon and realizing uh it did more harm than good. So. we're a big fan. Uh, look, I guess if, if you want to go practice gratitude right now, don't do it in a self-reflective way that nobody yeah. else sees. Yeah. Do it in a pro-social way. Think of one person that you've never thought to thank, signature gratitude question that we have, and go out and thank them. Yeah. Whether it's the mean ex-boss that taught you what kind of a leader you want to be, whether it's the third grade teacher that drove you to soccer practice, do it in a pro-social way and you will feel the benefit. They will feel the benefit and anybody observing this pro-social action will feel the benefit as well as Sarah Algoe proved in her uh, groundbreaking study, the witnessing effect. So yeah, don't ties it. I,
1: so I agree with you on everything that you've shared about the sharing of the gratitude. I think it's so important, the pro-social. And I will also, I'll fight you on the gratitude journal thing. I know. Only in the I way, know that then this is, this what's so great about gratitude is that we all can practice it in different ways. Um, myself and others that I know personally, the gratitude journal has been, it's a, it is part of the habit forming of setting themselves up for gratitude. So for some people, but not all, I will also agree with you that for some people, The gratitude journal is a terrible idea because there's guilt associated with missing it and not doing it properly and all these things, which doesn't make any sense when you're working on practicing gratitude. So
0: I, I, on that one point, (laughs) I am a, I am a dramatic, uh, you know, I'm a dramatic (laughs) radical. I have to go to one extreme to say F the gratitude journal. Yay. The gratitude experiences, no in-between.
1: I love
0: um, it, but <laughs> so just, and I,
1: But I honor that, and I love it so much. And it's Chris, the best you know,
0: and worst parts about me.
1: This is so. What I love so much is that this. This is where this is like your hill to die on with gratitude, which I love because someone's going to hear someone today is going to hear. And they were like, Oh my gosh, yes, Chris. Like, I agree with you. Like, well, I've been trying this gratitude journal thing forever and it does not work for me. And I don't know what to do. And what you've just said, that person is going to change their life and the way that gratitude shows up for them. And that's what I love about this podcast so much is that there are so many opportunities and different ways for gratitude to show up and be infused in your life. And, um, and that we just won't run a run out of ways to yeah. share gratitude, express gratitude, practice gratitude. So thank you, my friend. I've loved our time together. Thank it, you, Julie, for having me. I uh, I look forward to a future conversation. There's so many more things we could talk about. So many more. So many more things. I appreciate you so much. So a quick reminder, the it sounds like June 19th for the ebook, June 21st for the book book. The book again is Gratitude Through Hard Times. The Art and Science of Positive Change by Chris Shembra. At all booksellers, make sure you pre order as soon as it's available, depending on when you hear this podcast. And let's support Chris and the work that he's doing. Thank you so much, my friend.
0: Thank you, Julie.
1: Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast. So you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing. I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.